What's up guys, welcome to the fourth episode of Get a Lodestone of This. I'm your host, Arig, and you can find this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, and now iTunes as well. Uh, So, it has been about two months since the last episode, and quite a lot has happened. Uh, So we won't discuss things that are old news by now, so we won't go into uh, patch 3.1 or patch Uh, 3.15. Instead, we'll be focusing on patch 3.2, and the patch 3.2 preview is going to be the uh, topic of the show. Uh, But first, let's go through the uh, new segment which is really, really short this time because all of the 3.2 stuff is going to be in the topic of the show segment. So there are three items on the news list. So first one uh, is actually about patch 3.2. Patch 3.2 called The Gears of Change will arrive on on the 23rd of February. So in... uh, in just over two weeks. Number two, good news for Mac owners. Square Enix has updated the minimum system requirements for the game and will be resuming the sales of the Mac version on the 23rd of February, so on uh, on the patch day. As such, they will be ending the refund support for those who have purchased the Mac version on or before the 4th of July 2015 uh, on February the on the 21st of February um, at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Sorry about the date. The the, the American um, the American date setup is what confused me for a second there. And item number three is uh, the Valentine's event, which is currently ongoing and will last until the 15th of February. It can be found in Limsa Luminsa on the upper decks near the aft castle. Rewards include furnishings and glamour items. And that's that for the news. Uh, Quite short, like I said, so let's move on to the... uh, topic of the show, which is preview, or the preview of uh, patch 3.2, and there is tons. So, first of all, Square held a um, letter from the producer at the end of January, where they revealed most of these things. The first thing they showed off was a new battle challenge with a uh, specific training dummy. So the battle challenge is called Stone Sky Sea, and you you have basically have three minutes to defeat um, a dummy, and there are several levels of challenge for this dummy. So each training dummy corresponds to the difficulty of high level content, and players will be able to test their rotations for each job. So basically, if you're doing something like Alexander Savage 3, where there's a massive um, DPS check, or, or, or Alexander Savage 4, or something like that, uh, you, can, you can have the training dummy emulate the, the content found there to see if your DPS is actually high enough to meet the requirements for those particular uh, raids. So that's pretty cool. And then they moved on to the uh, class changes we can expect to see in uh, patch 3.2. So first of all, changes to tanks. So at the moment, there are a lot of tanks who are currently using um, strength accessories because vitality is a bit well, it's kind of a bit useless, actually. And because of that, the developers have decided to make changes to Vitality. So 
from patch 3.2 and onwards, vitality will affect the potency of physical attacks, and as a result, the effect that strength has on physical attacks will be reduced. So, if you are currently using strength accessories, you should already be starting to plan ahead. So, start buying those vitality accessories tanks if you haven't bought them already. Other teasers they gave about tanking changes was that um, the Paladin will be receiving large adjustment adjustments, sorry, not only in terms of their offensive aspects, but overall adjustments as well. So they could be addressing the fact that um, at the moment there is a lot of most of the damage you see in the raids are magical and the paladins most of the paladins defenses are physical attack based so they are somewhat vulnerable in that regard you could say but if they if they buff the tank if the, if they buff the tank's magical defense then that pretty much eliminates the Dark Knight's one advantage over the Paladin. So, we'll see what happens. They did say that they, they did say that they would look at each three of the tanking jobs' defensive traits and making overall adjustments to their values. So, maybe they'll address each of the uh, tanking class's weaknesses. We'll uh, have to wait and see. And there will also be various adjustments for other jobs um, but one of the major ones will be for the uh, Astrologians. So they'll be making uh, a change to the skill called Shuffle. They'll be making adjustments to the name of the ability and the effect so that the same card cannot be drawn again. And they'll also be reducing aspects uh, related to enmity. And in regards to Machinist, they said that it's a tough job that deals fast damage. However, compared to other jobs, it's a bit behind in DPS. So, we'll be so we will be making adjustments. And uh, we'll also be making adjustments to Bards, the Wardens, Paeon. So it looks like the Machinists are in for a buff. Uh, probably... From what I've heard, I don't play a machinist myself, but from what I've heard, uh, their initial burst DPS is fantastic, and then they sort of... It, the DPS just sort of falls off a cliff after that because of um, TP issues. So you might be seeing uh, adjustments to TP costs. Again, this is just based on what I've heard from people who play machinist. Uh, so, I don't know. It could be that they're actually buffing the the potency of the skills as well. And then regarding the Warden's Peon. Uh, well, it's always been a sort of useless ability. And I think they did mention previously, in the previous uh, letter from the producer, that they would adjust it, so... We'll see what they'll what they'll do because currently what it does is that it, uh, if you're not familiar with the skill, it uh, creates a barrier on the target and nullifies the next detrimental effect suffered. So basically, if you use it on a tank, for example, and uh, the boss or whatever you're fighting can stun or inflict a poison or something like that. It won't have an effect on the tank if he has the Warden's Peon active on him or her. Uh, so they also uh, revealed that the uh, Gnath tribe will be introduced. So that's the next uh, beast tribe. And the level adjust system, level adjust system that we saw... Um, Applied to the Vanu Vanu Beast Tribe will also be applied to this to this Beast Tribe, and we also saw 
We also ca caught a short glimpse of uh, the mount for the Gnath Beast Tribe. It looked it looked kind of weird. It looked like it looked like a giant bug, <laughs> a giant mechanical bug, and uh, it also showed off the it also showed off the Turtus mount, which will now be able to fly. And it was quite hilarious. Like, if if you haven't seen this, you should really go and check, uh, check it out either on YouTube or on uh, the official Final Fantasy XIV uh, Twitch channel. So basically, what what the turtle does in order to fly is that it spins around really fast. So if you have the uh, the mid the turtle minion, uh, if when you walk around or when it walks around, it spins around rather rather than walks around. So what the actual mount does, it does the same sort of animation. It spins around and uh, basically flames come out of the holes of the shell. And, well, it, it, looks, it, it just looks absolutely ridiculous and it's hilarious. So definitely check that out if you haven't seen it already. So regarding the Gnath East Tribe, I was kind of hoping that they would uh, be the Heavensward version of um, the Ixal tribe, because leveling crafting classes from 50 to 60 can be a bit of a nightmare, to be honest. Especially, especially a weaver in the early stages when you need uh, the holy rainbow cloths. Jesus Christ, the, the holy water re required is insane. So yeah, I would have liked to see a crafting beast tribe to help crafters level up, but from what it looks like, it doesn't seem like, or it doesn't seem like this will be a crafting beast tribe. It seems like a pretty standard sort of quests. So, a bit disappointed, but oh well, maybe, maybe the next beast tribe. We'll see. And then they showed us the. Um, the new PvP content that will be introduced in 3.2 called The Feast. So basically they have been referring to this as uh, the Wolves Den 2. So you need to be level 60 and you can play either 4 versus 4 or 8 versus 8 matches, both with win-loss ratios and without win-loss ratios. And you can enter solo through the duty finder, or you can also enter through a pre-made party. And what's different from the previous Wolves Den content is that instead of completely wiping out the opposing team, the objective is to steal your opponent's medals, and the team that has the most medals at the end of the match will win. So each team member will start the battle with 100 medals. And you obtain medals by killing people from the other team, from the opposing team. So I won't go too much into detail about this because I don't really do... I don't, I don't really play PvP that much. And uh, there was a lot that was covered. However, uh, there will be special ranks for this uh, PvP mode. And each rank will have uh, their own leaderboard, and there will also be seasons for this mode. And each season is expected to last about three and a half months, they said. And the, the ranks will be no rank at all. Uh, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, and diamond. Uh, there will be rewards for top-ranked players of each rank at the end of each season. However, players at the top of the diamond rank can expect to receive special rewards that will be exclusive to them. And they said that the special reward for the diamond rank is equipment with a completely new design, and diamond ranked players can earn the entire set. There will also be trophy furnishings. Uh, they didn't really say whether or not the trophy furnishings were uh, diamond rank only or not, uh, but they did say that diamond rank players will be able to earn uh, rewards from all of the lower ranks as well. So if you're a diamond rank player, you'll be able to earn um, 
rewards from the gold and the silver and the bronze ranks as well. So uh, you're definitely uh, being encouraged to play this mode uh, frequently. So if you're interested in knowing more about this new PvP mode, you can either check out the um, recording of the live stream or you can go and check out the summary of the live stream on the official forums. So next up, they showed off the new uh, dungeons we will be, we will receive in 3.2 uh, called the Anti-Tower and the Lost City of Amdapur Hard Mode. So to unlock the anti-tower, you will need to you will need to complete the main scenario quest called As It Once Was. Now currently there is no quest called As It Once Was, so I imagine this has to be a 3.2 main scenario quest. So if you still haven't completed 3.1, and I know there's a fair few players out there who haven't done 3.1, Go out and do 3.1 now, like there's... At this point you probably have don't have much to do anyway. Like, the mood around the community, in my opinion, seems to be that there's very little to do at the moment. So, go and do 3.1, prepare yourself for 3.2, otherwise you won't be able to do the expert roulette until, you know, you've completed 3.1 and then 3.2. So, yeah, prepare yourself. Uh, to unlock the Lost City of Am Amdapor hard mode, you only need to have completed the 3.0 storyline and the normal version of the dungeon. I, su I suspect everyone who's in Heaven's Ward now has done the normal version of the dungeon. So, regarding the Anti-Tower, they, they said that it was hard to come up with uh, the name for the boss inside the tower because there is a boss from a previous Final Fantasy title inside the tower and they had to figure out how they wanted to bring them together. So that's quite interesting because the tower means that the boss will probably be from a tower or of some sort from a previous Final Fantasy game. So I looked up the uh, various towers that have shown up throughout the series. So we have Kefka's Tower from Final Fantasy VI, of course. We have the Pharos Tower from Final Fantasy XII. We have the Cultus Tower from Final Fantasy VI. Uh, we have the Agito Tower from Final Fantasy Type-0. The Crystal Tower from Final Fantasy III. Uh, probably won't be the Crystal Tower though, because that is already shown up in the game. Um, the Tower of um, Tabil from Final Fantasy IV. Fork Tower from Final Fantasy V. Uh, Walls Tower from Final Fantasy V. So, yeah, quite a lot of towers. Is So, who knows what it could be. I expect it will be a boss that was found in a tower in a previous Final Fantasy, but we'll see. That's just my theory. And then they showed us the new Alexander raid called Alexander Midas. Uh, now they will be releasing both the normal version and the um, savage version at the same time, uh, rather than you know, the one-month gap or whatever it was, like we saw with uh, Alexander Gordius. So the loot rules of uh, the normal mode and the savage mode will be the exact same as they are for the current um, Alexander, Gord Al Alexander Gordius raids. So Alexander Midas will have uh, exchangeable items, and uh, you probably won't will only be able to get one drop per week, but you'll still be able to do the raid several times, even if you have already obtained the reward or not. Savage mode, exactly the same as Gordia's Savage mode. Uh, the progress will be saved, etc, etc. 
And moving on then to the materia changes. So there's uh, quite a few materia changes coming in 3.2. So it will no longer be possible to use advanced materia melding for strength, dexterity, vitality, intelligence, mind, and piety. So if you're unfamiliar with uh, materia melding, advanced materia melding is when you meld on additional materia other than the materia slots that are already on the gear. So for example, if a chest piece has two materia slots, when you meld on the third one, the third one is advanced materia melding. However, you, you will still be able to meld the stat, these uh, stat materials into like normal available material slots. They said that players may think this will lower the demand for materia. However, the scope on which materia can be melded for the scope on which materia can be melded can be melded for individual equipment will increase. So it sounds like gear will receive more materia slots. That's my uh, perception of that. And then they said that the amount of tier four and five the amount of tier four and five materia output exchange and method to obtain these will be adjusted. So please think that the value for this materia will change slightly. The amount produced will great will increase greatly so players do not have to worry if they'll require a lot of gill since due to increase in demand like this is this is the reason why uh the uh, summary of these things are so confusing sometimes because you can tell that that this was translated from japanese and sometimes the translation is well not perfect. Let's just put it at that. So, from what it sounds like, uh, it seems like the value for this material will change slightly. Okay, so it sounds like the that it will be easier to obtain these material. So, you don't need tons of gill to obtain tier 4 and 5 materials like you do currently. Like, Currently, if you want a tier 5 materia, you can probably expect to have to pay something like 4, between 2 and 4 million gil, depending on what type of materia it is. Maybe even more. Like, I've seen the... I think I've seen the tier 5 control materia, so for crafters, sell for like 10 million gil at one point. So yeah, sounds like it will be easier to obtain, and therefore... You won't need lots of money, and it also sounds like the the actual boost will be changed. I think currently a tier four craftsmanship material, for example, is plus six, so maybe it'll be reduced or maybe even increased. Probably reduced, I think, considering that we'll now be able to meld more material. We'll see. We'll see. Next, they showed. The uh, Orchestrion, which is a furnishing that all players inside of your house can use to change the background music. Uh, the music will be played on a loop. Uh, so this is something that they've teased and something they've wanted to implement for a long time. And now it's finally here. So you'll be able to obtain sheet music for the... Orchestrion through a variety of avenues. When you interact with the Orchestrion, you'll bring up a specialized UI. Selecting a song from here will change the music for the house. Since the music comes straight from the Orchestrion, distan distancing yourself from it will change how it sounds. Uh, we'll be adding an Orchestrion sheet music log and you'll be able to see hints for how to obtain songs. Uh, depending on the content, there may be cases where it's easier to obtain rewards when you complete it with a minimum item level. We'll be adding more songs with each patch, 
and we hope you have fun expanding your music collection. So from what it sounds like and from what they actually showed off on at, um, at the stream, it sounds like we will be able to buy quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of the sheets from vendors. And from what it sounds like, uh, there will be a lot of sheets dropping from dungeons and trials and such as well. Uh, so particularly the second part here interested me. Depending on the content, there may be cases where it's easier to obtain rewards when you complete it with the minimum item level. So it seems they're trying to encourage you to do this uh, synced rather than you know, blasting through it unsynced. Which makes sense. Probably want to make the veteran players help out new players and such. So the songs that I really, really want are the... Uh, I really want the song that is played when you are in Zenith in the Churning Mists, because it's basically uh, the Dragon Song. It's basically the instrumental version of Dragon Song. So I really like that. Um, I would like answers as well, if possible. Um, I would like the Knights of the Round normal mode, or hard mode, I should say. Hard mode theme. I don't like the extreme theme. I know it changes back to the hard mode theme once you've reached a certain point. No spoilers. But the, the theme that is played before that, the actual extreme theme. Not a fan of that. And I would like the Ravana theme as well. I actually quite enjoy the Ravana theme. What else? Uh, the 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 uh, turn 13. Turn 13 would also be nice. Although that's actually that's pretty much just answers, basically. But yeah. Turn 12, I think. 12 or 11 or something would be nice as well. So, yeah. Lots of songs I want, but the one that I want the most is the is the one that's played in the background in Zenith, so please, Square Enix, make it happen. So let me know what songs you're looking forward to and what songs you know you hope are in patch 3.2 from the get-go, either in-game or on YouTube or on Twitter or whatever. So in the next part of the stream they covered the mentor system. So what is the mentor system? The mentor system is a system which will allow players to assist beginners, so new players, newbies. In order to become a mentor, players must first earn specific achievements and talk to a specific NPC. There are three requirements. You must have one job from each role, so tank, DPS and healer at level 60. It's set up in a way so that the player can offer advice for each role. Uh, you must have completed 1000 or more instant, instanced dungeons or trials. You may feel this is a large amount of number. However, we believe a lot of players have completed this already and they would be absolutely correct in believing so. Uh, and you must have earned over 300 commendations. Uh, so this could be an issue, maybe for the DPS classes, because... So I started out as a DPS class. I started out with uh, Bard. And, you know, you, you, get a, you get a few commendations here and there, but you don't get that many. And then I switched to Healer, and I got a lot more uh, commendations. And then I started... Uh, uh, playing Dark Knight uh, when Heaven's Ward came out, and they get even more commendations than healers. So, yeah, if you want, if you want a commendation boost, level up a tank or a healer. Well, you need a tank or healer anyway to to become a mentor. <laughs> uh, so, additionally, there are requirements for those who don't play battle-related classes and jobs. Uh, instead of the above requirements, players can also become mentors by completing the following, having at least one class from both Disciples of Hand 
and LAN at level 60. So for example, if you have a botanist and a culinarian at level 60, then you qualify. If you also have crafted over 100 collectibles and have, col and have gathered over 300 collectibles. Uh, once you're a mentor, you'll be able to invite newbies, or official word beginners, to a special chat channel. As a countermeasure against RMT, we will be allowing mentors to invite beginners to the channel as they see fit. We'll also be adding Duty Roulette Mentor. So basically a roulette just for mentors. Uh, though there won't be a ton of rewards, you will have pro priority matching for the content that has not been cleared yet by the person you are queuing with. Completing this a certain amount of times will yield achievements and rewards. Additionally, you'll have a crown mark. Sorry, additionally, you'll have a crown mark added next to your name, and you can turn this on and off as you like. Again, some not perfect translation there. And then they showed us the new trial called Containment Bay S1T7, which will have both a hard mode version and an extreme version. So this will be the first of a series of three towering towering pillars called the Warring Triad. Uh, so this one is called Sephiroth. So not not Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Sephiroth, the Fiend. So without the H at the end there. Sephiroth, the Fiend. So let's see what they've uh, written here about Sephiroth. Uh, Sephiroth the Fiend was a, was a deity once worshipped by a tree-like race native to Veracidia, brought into being for the sole purpose of repelling the Allegan invasion. Sephiroth, I keep saying Sephiroth, <laughs> Sephiroth inflicted ruinous losses upon the Imperial army before finally being subdued and imprisoned in the central facility of Assis Law. And now, millennia later, this immensely powerful entity threatens to awaken. His, venge his vengeful dreams disturbed his vengeful dreams disturbed by the careless ambition, ambitions of Archbishop Thorden VII. Topple the first pillar of the warring triad, or wheresoever his colossal shadow falls, shall be visited by unthinkable catastrophe. Sorry about the stumbling there. <laughs> um, so... So, as usual, there are prerequisites. So, for the normal mode, players must first complete the main scenario quest As Goes Light, So Goes Darkness. And, all ha and have also completed the quest Gods of Eld. So, again, more reason for you to complete uh, 3.1. So, in order to unlock the extreme version, you only need to complete the hard mode version. Of this uh, tr of this trial, so quite easy. And then they also revealed that the person who created this battle also designed Titan. So let's just say that the theme of this battle is a big jump rope. I'm not sure what that means. Do they mean that the that this battle will have similarities with Titan? I don't know. Titan was a fun fight, though. Annoying, but fun. As long as, you know, the annoying, but annoying part was that, you know, when you got people who always fell, fell off the cliff or was knocked off or whatever. We'll see what this trial is, not, is like soon enough. We did see some screenshots and we did see some video footage as well. Uh, Yoshi P just basically tried to solo the boss on his own and was brutally, wor brutally murdered. <laughs> uh, and then... Uh, they showed off the um, exploratory missions, uh, or changes to exploratory missions, I should say. The changes are based on a lot of feedback, 
they will be changing the amount of time you spend in the diadem. So in hard mode, the time spent in the diadem will be reduced to 60 minutes. Uh, for normal mode, it will be reduced to 45 minutes. And for easy mode, it will be reduced to 30 minutes. And the change to re-entry time will be reduced from 45 minutes to 30 minutes. Uh, they looked into eliminating the re-entry time, but considering the fact that they're, they're adding new Allegan tombstones, they decided to keep uh, the, the uh, re-entry time in place. So when I saw this, I was a bit confused, because that seems to um, give easy mode a pretty big advantage. So basically, you finish easy mode, after 30 minutes, you come out, you wait another 30 minutes, and then you can re-enter again. And then, by the time you re-enter the second, for the second time, those people doing hard mode will just be leaving. So by the time, actually by the time the people doing hard mode can go again, you will have already completed the easy mode for the second time. Now, you might say, oh, but in hard mode, you spawn more high, you know, you get more high-ranked mobs or whatever, but what about gatherers? Like, will all gatherers just do the easy mode then? Will easy mode be the gathering mode? And then hard mode will be actual, you know, farming mode. Again, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I've never actually gathered in the diadem, so I'm not sure if there's any difference between gathering in hard mode and gathering in easy mode, so if there is a difference, then I do apologize. Uh, so other changes uh, include includes uh, changes to the amount of ether turbulences required to obtain flying. So... For hard mode, it will be reduced from 4 to 3. For normal, it will be reduced from 4 to 2. And for easy mode, it will be reduced from 3 to 1. So again, you save time on easy mode, it seems. Uh, additionally, the amount and type of elegant tombstones earned by completing the quest objectives in the diadem will change. And they will also change the fresh tracks Players who spawn the fresh tracks will earn the rights for first attack. So basically, the group that spawns the fresh track. So basically, so basically, what it sounds like, uh, it sounds like the the party that spawns the fresh tracks are the only ones who will be able to to attack the star rank. And there's a theory floating around that players need to take away thirty percent of the enemy HP in order to receive the reward. However, in hard mode, this is now much lower. So there there we go, back again to why hard mode will now probably be the preferred farming method. Uh, furthermore, in order to avoid mistakes that could happen when exchanging items obtained for obtained from exploratory missions, we have added a filtering feature at the exchange window. We'll also, exchange, we'll also change the amount of spoils required for exchanging for materia. So it may be a good idea to hold on to the spoils you have right now until patch 3.2 is released. That's pretty much what I expected um, when they said that it would be easy to obtain materia. Like from the get-go I expected that we would be obtaining them from the diadem and that it would, would be a lot easier to obtain them. So, yeah, Expe expect a lot of tier 4 and 5 materia on the market board in 3.2. Next up, they covered changes to Disciples of the Hand and Land. So in patch 3.2, they will we will be adding an extremely large volume of new crafting recipes. One of the major types of recipes will be the release of new crafted equipment and accessories, 
at the same time, which can be used to challenge raids early. They are at an item level that can be used for the raid, so I believe there will be a large demand for each job's requirement. So, if you are a crafter, be prepared to earn bucket loads of money in 3.2. So, stack up on, stack up on uh, mats already now. Although we don't really know what type of mats will be required, but you know, you can guess. We've also made it so that you won't run into problems where you're not able to collect the necessary materials like it has been the case in the past. That sounds interesting. Sounds like it will be easier to obtain materials. So does that mean that they'll expand the, the gathering windows then maybe? That would be nice because at the moment each gathering window lasts like two minutes or something. Yeah, I think it's two minutes, which is pretty ridiculous. I know that you get the windows twice um, a day, you know, twice an Eorzean day, but still, compare that to the four Eorzean hours you got with the A Realm Reborn nodes. Um, let's see. We'll also be adding recipes for equipment that looks like Allegan and High Allegan equipment, except that these can be dyed. It won't be difficult to craft these items, however, you will need a new item known as, blue, known as a blueprint. And how to obtain these is a secret for now. I imagine they will drop from uh, the coils, the binding coils. It gives people a reason to go back and do them again, so... Yeah, I expect the blueprints to drop from the coils, but we'll see. Various cosmetic equipment will also be added, and as requested on the forum, glamour recipes will be added that can be used with all classes. Uh, we'll be posting a comment from the development team to tease what's coming, so keep an eye out, they said. So, more glamour items coming soon. Probably some. You know, stuff similar to the Thavnarian stuff that we saw uh, released in 3.0. Furthermore, we'll be making adjustments to the disciple of Disciples of the Hand and Land classes. And in a hotfix on uh, the 25th of February, we will be adding new rewards for red scripts to coincide with the weekly reset. So might be worth hanging on to your red scripts for the week before the reset rather than spending them. Until then you may as well just spend them because the cap is 500 and you can and the weekly cap is 450 so until the final week before the patch you may as well just keep on spending your red scripts. Uh, so other changes include changes to Algan tombstones. So, a new tombstone called Algan Tombstones of Lore will be added. In addition to that, they'll be making adjustments to the existing ones. So, Algan Tombstones of Soldiery will be removed completely. Algan Tombstones of Law will no longer be obtainable. The weekly limitation will be removed from Algan Tombstones of Esoterics. And uh, Algan Tombstones of Law can be exchanged for Algan Tombstones of Esoterics. And then they said that they'll keep the Algan Tombstones of Poetics for some time, as they're the first Tombstones players earn when they become level 50. Uh, it will now also be possible... So this one is another result of bad translation. It says here that it will be possible to be in gathering when the duty party participation window appears. So it sounds like it will be possible to be a gatherer now for very for some duties like the diadem so that you can enter the diadem as a gatherer rather than a combat class, which makes sense, but again, I don't know because the translation makes no sense. It will be possible to be in gathering. Oh well. Uh next point. 
Uh, sword and shield rewards will be obtained at the same time. I assume that means that for quests where you obtain a sword as a reward, you will, now, you, you will now also obtain the shield, rather than having the sword as the reward for one quest and then the shield as a reward for the next quest in the, uh, in the chain or whatever. There will also be changes to the duty roulettes. Uh, you will now be able to queue as a party for all duty roulettes except the PvP ones and the Mentor one. Duty roulette expert, 60 dungeon, 50 dungeon, leveling, trial, main scenario and guild hest are now all available as a party, which is about goddamn time. It's only taken... How long has it been? Like two years? <laughs> Maybe more. Yeah, it has been more, hasn't it? Three years? Something like that. Hotbar improvements. So there will be a revamped recast animation display and there will be a setting added to the configuration for displaying the recast time in numbers. Now that what that basically means is that the skills on your hotbar Will actually, will actually display how many seconds there are left on the cooldown of each skill. If you want to see this in action, you can go, again, you can go and watch the recording of the stream. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So you, you, know, you know exactly when the cooldown of a particular skill is coming off, rather than having to hover over it to see how many seconds are left. They said that the setting for this con configuration is by default set to off so when 3.2 comes out you will have to turn it on if you want this so what are the changes uh, a furnishing which can summon the uh, the hairdresser will be added and a die preview for furnishings will be added which is again about time lots of quality of life changes here uh, another quality of life change includes a feature that allows allows you to sell items directly from retainers. So you don't need to run off to a vendor anymore to sell off junk that you don't want to put on the market board. And then they uh, went into uh, detail about the uh, 3.2 storyline. So they showed off some uh, some artwork which uh, featured Minfilia. So they said, as the name of the patch, the Gears of Change, implies there will be various changes in patch 3.2 which are related to what happened to her, where she came from, how she is related to the Mother Crystal, and the paths the Scions will follow. So it seems like 3.2 will have a pretty big focus on Minfilia. They also showed off a screenshot of Minfilia, actually, and she has a new hairstyle, and she also has a new outfit. The dress looked quite nice. Uh, not too sure about the hair. I'm sure some people will like it. So, con it continues the trend of all the Scions getting new clothes and new hairstyles and whatever. And then, finally, they revealed that Hildebrand will return in patch 3.2. And uh, they didn't they didn't say in what capacity though, so we may see a separate brand new Hildebrand, Hildebrand quest line, or he might make an appearance in the new in the Scholisticate quest line that was uh, introduced in 3.1. I hope this means I will see uh, his dad return as well, and uh, of course Greggy return as well. Maybe for another battle on the high bridge. <laughs> and that is the end of the 3.2 preview. So just to give a summary of what you need to do in preparation for 3.2. So if you want to become a mentor, have a level 60 healer, DPS and tank. If you are a tank and you're using strength accessories at the moment, be prepared to switch over to Vitality Accessories. Complete the 3.1 storyline if you haven't done so already. Save your Didem tokens for 3.2. And this is just a maybe. Uh, maybe do the Scholisticate-sized um, 
side story quests as well, in just in case Hildebrand is in is in those. Uh, so finally, we should touch on the anima weapons as well. So we expect the anima weapon, even the 210 one, to be useless after 3.2. Uh, 3.2 will not include a an update for the anima weapon. Uh, the developers have said that they're aiming for 3.25 for the next update for the Anima weapon. So if you are currently working on it now, don't stress. There's plenty of time until 3.25 comes out. Uh, like if you rush or if you just get stressed about finishing it before 3.2, you'll just end up hating yourself. And then just as soon as you've gotten it, it will become useless. So... Regarding 3.25, uh, during the PvP presentation of the stream, they actually showed us like this timeline to show us when they expect the season to begin and stuff like that. And on the timeline, they also included when they expected patch 3.25 to uh, be released. And I think it was about five weeks after the release of 3.2, which means that you currently have about seven weeks to complete the anima, so don't stress. You don't have to finish it before the end of March or the beginning of April. That is the end of this episode. Uh, follow me on Twitter, I'm at Eric underscore gaming. Tweet me your thoughts about the uh, patch preview, let me know what type of orchestrion music you would like, uh, let me know what you think about the class changes and such. And uh, let me know what you think, thought about this episode as well. And just tweet any general questions you have about the game if you would like me to answer those. Check out my YouTube channel as well. I'll try to annotate to all of the things I've mentioned in this video if I can. So you can check out like the video of the flying turtle and such there. And I also do plenty of other gaming related videos on YouTube, like a uh, top 10 Final Fantasy facts that will make you feel old list. It was quite fun to make. And you can follow me on Twitch as well. I stream quite often. I am uh, Arik Gaming, both on Twitch and on YouTube. No underscore. And if you want to support me, you can do so on Patreon or on Bandcamp. And links to all of this can be found on my Twitter page or on my YouTube page. Uh, so th thanks once again for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, share it with you. please share it with your friends. And until next time, take care.